0: Namaste, the Mandala, Sadaku Chamber, good Padina, the Nimamritam bani bhi rah bhi rajana priyavu priyakarao mara bahn tar ko bandh roop प्रिया करूं निम्नसर्व manam saranya pano na na satya vicharani kanitinu sadharma samastapako lokanan hitakarnam vibumane manam saranakaramu Radha Krishna Padaram in the Bhaganandina Matwaliko, Bande Rupa Stanatana Rakujuka, Vidivakopalako, Vishnaketana Gana Nathana Padam, Sweet, I Go down the gun Sajdhasamiddhaanmitam, papatyaapanikintanam tanabhitaam, govindaganamritaam, anandam budi-vatthanaam kanikvanam, kaivalani swaratam, bandirupacanotanam,
1: Go again to meet on the cell. Gannon and a salakaya. Chucks who run with it, Adjunulambito Bhuja Kanaka Bhatatu Sankitanay Kapitaro Kamalaya Takso Vishvambaro Dvijabaro Yugadharma Pado Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunabhataaro Vande Shri Krishna Chetanya Sahodito Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunabhataaro Vande wande sri ramakrishno abhayo charano sukho sukuro sundaro suvaratyo he krishna karuna sindhu vinamandu Jagatpate, gopisha gopika kantara ra ra kant gurangi radhe vrindavanishwari
2: Shri Gaudiya Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai, Sri Jiva Goswami ki jai, Satsandarbhas ki jai, Anantakota Vaishnava Vinda ki jai. Glorious devotees, thank you for- for attending another presentation on Sri Jiva Goswami's Sandarbha. Today we will try to finish up with um, our overview of the Tattva Sandarbha, which is basically an introduction to the entirety of Jiva Goswami's treatise, Satsandarbha. And we will do a quick review here of where we are, uh, just to remind. Remind us that Tattva Sundarbha can be divided into three uh, main areas Uh, an invocation, Mangalacharna, auspiciousness, uh, and invoking auspiciousness um, in different ways uh, through offering of obeisances, through uh, blessings upon the reader. and also by uh, giving a a summary of what's going to be presented, and also Jiva Goswami in his Mangalacharana adds an additional criteria of the eligibility of someone to enter into the mysteries of his Satsandarbhas. So we've reviewed the invocation, then we went to epistemology. Uh, What is the praman, or the evidence in support of the relationship between the satsandharvas and the subject that they are presenting. And therein, uh, after some lengthy discussion, Jiva Goswami emphatically declares that of all the scripture that's available to humanity, And at this point in time, excuse me, the Bhagavat Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, is the topmost Praman, and specifically the topmost Praman uh, based upon the criteria uh, of the criteria that represents the nature of the literature itself. And then that leads us into the ontology of uh, the Tatvasandarva. So epistemology is what's, what's a reliable source for knowledge. <coughs> and ontology is if we have a reliable source of knowledge, uh, what's worth knowing? And we began uh, in last week's discussion with uh, the ontology section of the Tattva Sindhava, wherein Jiva Goswami presents the fact that the Praman, the Bhagavat Purana, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, um, is based upon the revelation, the spiritual uh, insights of both the author Srila Vyasudev and the speaker, uh, Srila Sukadev Goswami. So, this their experience was beyond that of uh, the senses. It was beyond, it's trans empirical, transcendental to the empirical sense perception and the body mind complex that's utilized um, to. to acquaint ourselves with the world around us and uh, acquire knowledge of that world. So diving into the world of spirituality and a deeper understanding of, of the reality of even the environment that we inhabit, the material world, um, there, is, there is a higher methodology to acquiring that knowledge, and uh, uh, that knowledge is is about the nature of our being, and it naturally entails when we're learning about truly the entirety of ourselves. Uh, it's a comprehensive knowing will b- lead us to uh, looking at knowledge that uh, not only gives us uh, awareness of the environment in which we live, but also the nature of our self and the inner nature of being. There's something beyond just what we can perceive with our material senses. So all this constitutes the knowable. So Jiva begins with that explanation. As I said, Looking to what did, what did the author Srila Vyasadeva, experience in his trans empirical revelation, his samadhi, and in through that experience um, make available to human society uh, in a written form as best as is conveyable in words. <laughs> uh, what that experience was all about, and simply there were three main components of his revelation. In his revelation, he saw the supreme absolute truth uh, in all of its aspects, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. He saw the various Shaktis of the Lord, and one of which is the Tatasta Shakti, the Jiva Shakti, the bahiranga shakti. Um, And he also, I'm sorry, and he also saw the bahiranga shakti, the material shakti, which is attracting that tathasta shakti, which can, can go either way. It can go either towards the spiritual or towards the material. And he saw that, of course, through his own experience, that, in the material world, uh, the living entity is not 100% satisfied. So he saw the remedy for that dissatisfaction being a complete turning of consciousness towards the living entity's inner self and a loving relationship with the source of of that self. So we're going to continue now. Uh, with the completion of the ontological uh, analysis of jiva Goswami, and so we look first of all to the revelation of of this of of the author and and the speaker, Sukadev. Again, Sukadev's revelation uh, through hearing the Bhagavatam is extraordinary in that he was already completely detached from um from worldly engagement he'd already recognized the significance of of not being uh involved in in the world of samsara that there was no redeeming quality in fact uh he's he he recognized that to such an extent that uh it said that he, he, he stayed within the womb until there was a guarantee that he wouldn't have to return to another womb. So he was free in the world. And then, even though he was completely uh, what we call a jiva mukta, uh, a jiva still having a material body, he was liberated in that body. Despite that liberation and complete freedom from material entanglement, he heard some verses from the bhagavatam and those verses attracted him so while nothing of the world could attract him the bhagavat purana attracted him and that's that's the special feature of his revelation and of course once he heard those verses he did a detailed study of the entirety of the text and we all know the story he passed that Revel that revelation on to Maharaj Parikshit, and t- and through him t- uh, for the benefit of all of us. So now, Jiva goes on in his presentation, and he says, "Okay, so here's the revelation of these sadhus of the author and of of a, of a." <clears throat> a Jivan Mukta, um, and that we can we can attain from that some insight into spirituality. Now we in this in his Sundarbas he says, and we could also attain some insight by by uh, an analysis of our own selves by looking at our, the nature of our being, what are we, what is the nature of our consciousness, we can a- acquire some knowledge there as far as, as, as what is knowable and of value, and we can also acquire knowledge from scripture itself as to the world around us. So we'll begin here, an elaboration on Sambandha. Um, intuition of the subject through reference to the individual, the subject, of course, being uh, what is knowable. So the previous two divisions have dealt with the determination of Sambanda, Abhideya, and prayojan in general terms. These were said to have been directly apprehended through the transempirical mode of knowledge in the case of Sri Sukha and Sri Vyasa, This means that they were not arrived at through philosophical reasoning or any sort of logical cognitive process. They were immediately known in consciousness. So that knowing in consciousness that samadhi is through a complete self-identification with that other realm of of trans- Phenomenal reality. Uh, and that knowing in consciousness is hmm, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, we're we 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 come into contact with with that through an appreciation of it. Uh, by self-identification. So really, if we look at this word and this phrase self-identification, this is really a key to understanding spiritual revelation. Of course, it's the key to understanding our material life. Our material life is all based on self-identification. Unfortunately, what we identify with in material life is a self that is, has no redeeming characteristics, a self that's temporary, a self that, you know, is, is, is existing in a world of, of death, Marcha So we identify with the body and the body mind complex that's associated with, with an existence that, that has, has really is foreign to us so right before the, the, The simple analogy, we're we're truly a fish outside of water when we look to the nature of the soul wrapped up in material consciousness. But we do self-identify with that. Now, if we can turn our consciousness to, to spirit, to the nature of the self, and we can begin to identify with that, then then that is is, and puts us on a path of self-realization. And that path evolves and that evolve hearing. We hear about something and we start to identify with it. Uh, Hearing, chanting, remembering, we start to remember. Everything that we see, we start to see in light of that understanding of our spiritual nature. So we're identifying, we're giving away, giving up our identification with the material, and we're taking on an identification with the spiritual. In the beginning, that identification is mostly, um, it's just like any other pursuit of knowledge, but the more we pursue under good direction a proper self-identification in spirituality, then a whole world opens up for us. And the culmination, part of that culmination, is a samadhi, like experienced by Srila Dave. Uh, a samadhi, a walking samadhi in life, like a Srila Dave, where he's walking in the world, but his whole consciousness is self-identified with his spiritual self. So, so, how can non-dual consciousness be intuited for those who have not had direct experience like Sukha and Vyas? And we've just kind of discussed how that begins. So this word self-identification, I think to think in terms of that and realize that one of the stages of that self-identification that begins through the practice of bhakti begins through identifying with the with the sadhus, identifying with the guru, identifying with the with the stories and the scriptures, seeing ourselves in light of that knowledge and that's going to gradually bring us to a level of remembrance, smaranam, that's going to let us enter into a, a state of walking samadhi. Srila Bhaktivedanta said at one point, he says, I see my home as Vaikuntha. Now that's self-identification completely immersed in trans-empirical reality of one spiritual Position. So, intuit, intuition of the subject through reference to the individual. Knowledge systems generally begin with reference to what is already known or available to conscious examination. From the careful inspection of individual consciousness, Vyasti Nirdesh. Through the self illuminating light of Srimad Bhagavatam, the nature of the Supreme or Source Consciousness is made evident. The next thing available to the examiner is the cosmos, Samasti Nirdesh, or in other words, phenomenality. So we'll go to an Anucheda, part of an Anucheda, the 50th Anucheda, and We'll read through this. Srimad Bhagavatam identifies its subject. So now Jiva Goswami is looking to the Bhagavatam itself um, as providing to us knowledge of what's to be revealed. Samandagyan. Thereafter, hereafter, to systematically and thoroughly delineate this same essential truth, Tatparaya, of Srimad Bhagavatam, we will, we shall explain in these six sandharvas the principles of Sambanda, Abhideya, and prayojan, one after the other. The first of these three refers to the subjective reality of which... The relation sambandha of signified and signifier pertains. The signify vatsya is the subject to be described, sambandi tattva, and the signifier is the text describing it, this scripture. The object of this relation is mentioned in general terms in Srimad Bhagavatam 112 in the statement Vejam Vastavam. Atravastu, the one truly abiding substantive is the truth to be investigated, the knowable here in Srimad Bhagavatam. The Anucheta continues. Again, I remind you uh, that I have taken out, uh, this is not a complete presentation of the entirety of the Anuchetas, or sections of the Tattva Sandarbha, but rather selections from those Anuchetas, and then an elaboration on those uh, with through some commentary. So it's very selective what I'm giving you. Otherwise, we would study the entirety of the Sandarbhas, and that would not allow us to get to the subject of the krishna on, So we continue here. Commenting on this part of the verse, Srila Sridhar Swami writes, here in this beautiful Bhagavatam, reality is be, to be known in its supreme transcendent capacity. Not reality reduced merely to the categories of material substance, dravya, quality, guna, and the like, as taught by the vaisikas and others. This verse, 112, is spoken by Sri vyasadeva So the great commentator is saying, in this beautiful Bhagavatam, there's a reality to be known, and don't take the Bhagavatam as simply any other text that's going to reduce its subject the components, parts, and categories, and qualifications according to uh, our experience in the world. No, this is a a transcendent literature that's going to allow us entrance into knowledge of transcendence. So, Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam identifies its subject. Here, Sri Jeeva Goswami informs us that in the Six Sandharvas, he will explain in detail the very same reality, principles of Sambanda Abhideyan Pryojan Tattvas, directly realized by Sri Vyasadeva and Sukadeva Goswami in the trans-empirical modes of knowledge, in the trans-empirical mode of knowing. He briefly mentioned these principles in Anuchetas 8 and 9 as the truths to be ascertained through a means of valid knowing. In other words, what's the knowable? And he then established Bhagavatam as the most authoritative Praman in regards to the direct knowing of ultimate reality. So after clearly determining these principles, he will now elaborate on them on the basis of Srimad Bhagavatam. The Tatva, Bhagavat, Paramatma, and Krishna-sandharvas treat Sambandha Tatva. Bhakti-sandharva discusses Abhideya Tattva and Priti-sandharva deals with Prayogin Tatva. From here on, through the end of Tatva-sandharva, the discussion is exclusively focused on Sambandha. So now we're truly entering into the text, and he begins the discussion in a very general way at the end of this tatva Sandarbha uh, by way of utilization of the Bhagwat, Srimad Bhagavatam itself as, a, as delivering this knowledge. The subject of Srimad Bhagavatam is revealed in its very second verse. The one truly abiding substantive Is the truth to be investigated, the knowable here in Srimad Bhagavatam? Vejam Vastavam Atravastu. As we have discussed already, reality manifests on different dimensions, but Srimad Bhagavatam is specifically concerned only with the self-disclosure of the ultimate reality, Sri Krishna, who encompasses and reconciles all other grades of reality. Going on to Anicceda 51. What is the nature of this substantive, Vastu, which is the absolute Tattva? This is disclosed in the following statements. All those who have realized absolute reality, Tattva, refer to that reality as non-dual consciousness, advayajnana. Here we come to the first central verse of Sambandha-gyan uh, being presented by Srila Jiva Goswami in some detail. So there are two verses from the Bhagavatam upon which the Sambandha-gyan that Srila uh, Jiva Goswami uh, bases the entirety of his presentation of Sambandha. Vedanti tat tat vavidas tat vamyas gyanam Advayam, Brahmaiti, Bhagavan Subjate. And then the second verse, of course, is the verse about if we're going to look to these presentations of that non-dual consciousness, then the topmost presentation is Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, of all the various tattvas, of all the various manifestations of the Supreme, Absolute Truth, who come before us in the phenomenal world, all the different descents of the Godhead. This one manifestation, Krishna, is Swayam Bhagavan. So these two verses from the Bhagavatam form the, form the basis of the Gyan that is presented by Srila Jiva Goswami. And of course, they are they are the, the true essence, because that's what Sundarbha means, of what's presented in the Bhagavatam itself. If we can get to an, this understanding, then we can we'll ha- have the key to fully unlock all the mysteries of the Bhagavat Purana. Hear the word jan indicates that the absolute is purely of the nature of consciousness. Additionally, the non-dual nature of this reality is established on the following grounds. One, there is no other reality, tattva, either similar or dissimilar, that is self-existent. Two, the non-dual absolute is supported only by its own inherent potencies. And three, these potencies can have no existence without it as their absolute foundation. This is going to be elaborated on uh, extensively uh, in the second of the Sundarbas, the Bhagawat Sundarba. So... Intuition of the Supreme Self through an analysis of the characteristics of the in individual self. Some self-reflection will help us in understanding the nature because we are of the nature of, of consciousness. So if we can analyze the nature of our being uh, to be a little self-reflective, it gives us a, a, a bit of a an entranceway into Uh, understanding the nature of the supreme consciousness, that non-dual absolute. The jiva is designated by the pronoun tuam, you, in the statement, tuam asi, you are that. If it is first grasped through proper deliberation that the jivatma is conscious and eternal, it can easily understand that the supreme brahman, designated by the pronoun tat, is of the same essential nature. This is, of course, from the Vedanta Sutra. The deliberation upon the jiva is in order to know the other, the Supreme Brahman. So, to impart an understanding of the Supreme, in accordance with that reasoning, Pipalayana Yogendra describes the jiva as being of the same nature as the Supreme when he says to King Nimi, now Jiva Goswami is bringing us into, into the Bhagavat Puranas' 11th canto to, to look at this a little bit more deeply. Because it is the witness of the different states, childhood, youth, and so on, of the transient material body, this Atma is without birth, growth, decay, or death. Although the Atma is exclusively of the nature of consciousness, present everywhere, eternal and invariable, it appears to assume various forms under the influence of the sense, perception and cognition, just as the vital force prana within the body, although one, appears as if many in contact with the various senses." So in looking deeply at this, at this one verse spoken by Pipaliana, King Nimi, we can see if we become a little contemplative of our situation and we see that we, our life force extends out from us through our, our conscious energy prawn, and it basically animates all of our senses. And in that animation, we can interact with the world around us. So if we can, if we can, if we can begin to do that self-reflection as to the nature of uh, our, our being, ourselves, then we can, through that self-reflection, begin to understand uh, how we are beyond the material body, our self, our very essence, just as... The life force animates the senses. At certain times, the life force is in a deep sleep where we're we're not even aware of our senses. So, in a similar way, we can see some correspondence between the life force that animates the body and the nature of the Atma, our the essence of our very being, uh, animating a material body entirely through all its different stages and that there is some distinction between the life force, as there is a distinction between the life force and uh, the senses that are brought into action by that life force, there is similarly a, similarly a distinction between our self and the body that we inhabit. The logic presented here, which is known as positive and negative concomitants, and via Vyati Rekha, affirmation and negation, is fourfold in nature. The first argument is based on the difference between that which appears and disappears and that which is beyond such transformations. The second is based on the difference between the seer and the seen between primordial consciousness and its phenomenal content. The third is based on the difference between the witness and the witnessed. The fourth argument is given as an aid to understanding. Given as an aid to understanding is based on the difference between the entities who undergo suffering, the jivas, and the entity who is the exclusive object of transcendental love, Bhagavan. We can just continue here. In the previous division, the Source Consciousness Tattva was intuited with reference to individual consciousness. Basically, at this point in his Tattva Sundarbha, Jiva Goswami presented a few Anuchetas, unpacked the knowledge of uh, Pipalayana and wherein he truly gives insight into the nature of the Atma that constitutes the essence of ourselves, the, the Jivatma. So, continuing. In the section of consciousness, Tattva was intuited by looking at our individual consciousness. Now, in this division, The same source consciousness is intuited with reference to the universal order as being its ultimate foundation and shelter. So first, we can do it a little bit about transcendental and the absolute reality and and the personhood of that absolute from looking at ourselves. Now, let's intuit some more knowledge of that absolute personality, that non-dual absolute, by looking to the universal order of things and the shelter and the foundation of the phenomenal existence we find ourselves in. This discussion addresses such fundamental problems as the world and creation, causality, and the nature of the living being in both its conditioned and liberated statuses. Through such analysis, we come to know how the absolute is both the ground and support of creation without undergoing transformation and without becoming implicated in cause-effect conditionality. We learn that creation is in reality evolutionary unfolding, from its most subtle principle of Mahatattva or cosmic intellect, right down to the Mahabhutas or the gross physical elements. From an alternative perspective, this can be described as the involution of spirit into phenomenality. So now, Jiva Goswami saying, Let's look to the Bhagawat Purana. And let's look to what is what makes a Purana itself. A major Purana constitutes ten divisions of knowledge. And we can know, I mean, this is very comprehensive, a comprehensive, presentation of the nature of being. So let's see, let's continue. This division contains two subdivisions, the first 56 to 60 being an analysis of the 10 topics of Srimad Bhagavatam from the second canto, and the second 61 to 63, an analysis of the same from the 12th canto. So now he's, just so we know, in this section, at the very end of the Tattva Sindhavra, we're going to look to the 10 topics of a major Purana, and specifically the 10 topics is presented in the Bhagavatam, and they're presented in two places. They're presented in the at the in the second canto, and I'll talk about those in Anachetas 56 through 60, and then through 61 through 63. Three, we're going to look at the second presentation of the same 10 topics from the 12th canto. So again, this this and this ties any literary presentation. It's going to have a summary. You'll find a summary of the of the presentation in the beginning and, and at the end. So although the two lists include different terminology, because there's two speakers presenting them, they are shown to be identical both in spirit and context, with some allowance for poetic license. The ten universals may be expressed as follows. So these are the ten universals um, as presented in the major piranha, and as, of course, presented in the the Bhagawat Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, Uh, primordial nature, uh, primordial creation, so uh, sarga, first creation, cosmic creation, Visarga, the secondary creation, substances of life, the operation of grace, the matrix of phenomenality, the enactment of dharma for rational thought-based beings, the power of the self-revealing word, coextensive with the reality it signifies, dissolution of life systems, wrapping it all up, liberation, and the ultimate shelter of all, all, the ashraya. So a little bit from this section, 56 Danucheta, Thus, by describing the essential nature of the living beings, jivas, which is pure consciousness, the absolute truth, tattva, that is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam, has also been described through individual reference, by intuiting the totality from the individual. This is so because the supreme Brahman is non-different from the Atma, partaking of the same conscious aspect, akriti, and being the complete whole that encompasses all of its integrated parts. Indeed, he is called the Ashraya, the source and shelter of all existence. The same non-dual reality, Brahman, is defined in universal terms, samasti as well through the ten topics that form the characteristics of a major Purana, Beginning with primary creation. These 10 topics are mentioned in the following. And then we get a quote from the Bhagavatam. This, in this book, Srimad Bhagavatam's 10 subjects are discussed. So this is actually a verse from the end of the second canto. As Uh, discussed. Uh, Ten subjects, sarga, the original, setting in motion of primordial nature by the Lord, uh, primary creation, visarga, the secondary creation of the primal cosmic being, Brahma, stana, the sustenance of the living beings, posana, the mercy displayed by the Lord in nurturing his devotees, uti, the subconscious imprints and desires to promote engagement in goal-oriented action. Uh, all those impressions that go from one body to the next. Uh, we call that karma, and karma manifests differently uh, from the seeds to the uh, all the way through to the, the, the recognized conscious uh, karma that's now influencing us in our existence. Manvantara, the religious path enacted by Manus. In other words, there is some rhyme and reason to the material world. It's not that everything's just happening by chance. It's a new katha, narrations of the Lord and his devotees. And there is a way for ultimate liberation uh, that's presented in a Purana, uh, a Puranic discourse, uh, which is narration of the Lord's pastimes and activities, his Leelas and his devotees. Niroda, an understanding of how the material world is wrapped up. And Mukti, liberation from the material world, so that you do not have to come back the next time the material universe is unfolded. And Ashraya, the substratum, or the ultimate shelter of individual and collective being, the supreme absolute truth. So the evolution unfolding of prakriti, prakriti, pradana. This just gives us a quick overview of that evolution, that creation, the glance of Paramatma. First, we first evolutionary point is the Mahatva, the Chitta. Uh, the, the Pradhan uh, becomes uh, dis, uh equilibriated in other words it it, it it falls out of a complete state of equilibrium <laughs> um, the trans <clears throat> empiric ego the hunkar hunkar the is the ego and also the carrying of all those impressions and the unfoldment of their various modes of material nature the uh, uh, deities the intellect senses uh, senses and the sense objects Tan mantras and the material elements uh, the further unfolding this is all revealed in the Purana. Uh, sound available in the sky available available to the ear touch through the air available on the skin form fire seen through the eye taste water available in the tongue, and smell, earth, nose, all these evolutes <clears throat> progressing, uh, each one enfolding uh, the next uh, level of evolute enfolding b- the one before it until the earth has all these characteristics in it. So, then monvantaras, mantaras are those Fourteen Manus, they exist in one day of Brahma. Uh, In each day of Brahma, there is a different Manu. And uh, we can see here a chart of the different Manus, the father of the Manus, uh, the name of the major avatar of the Supreme Lord who manifests uh, in that period of Manu. Again, Manu constitute There's 14 in a day of Brahma. So you divide the 1,000 cycles of yugas. That means each Manu presides over approximately 71 yuga cycles. So that's his duration of, of, of being uh, being the, the progenitor and the, the overseer, not the progenitor, but the overseer of... Uh, of affairs uh, within the universe. And also, there's a specific king of heaven during that period, an Indra, for each one of those Manus during his uh, 71 Yuga cycle reign. So, uh, there is some extensive review of. Uh, the Tathagatagarba here, and uh, I'd just like to kind of gloss through it. I don't know if we'll read it all or have time to go through it all in uh, in detail. But uh, we will begin. I think we've kind of covered. I've tried to in every class uh, provide uh, provide some retelling of these basic components of the Tattva Sundarbha because, and I've, and we've taken, what are we now? I think we're on the sixth class.
1: Uh,
2: uh, because tattva, the tattva sandarva is so foundational to entering into the mystery of the, uh, of the Sundarvas. And, uh, Interestingly enough, last evening I was, uh, I began reading at the request of uh, Padmanabha. He said I should, I'd find some, some uh, find it interesting to read the Gopal, Gopal Champu. And uh, it's funny that uh, at the very beginning of that presentation by Srila Jiva Goswami, as to the nature of Raj Bhakti um, that Jiva says, this presentation of Gopal Chompu has come out of a thorough understanding of what has been presented in the Krishna Sandarbha. So we can see that truly our entrance into the deepest understanding of the lila, which is so relishable and which truly captures us and takes us to the spiritual realm, uh, if we can, even Jiva himself is saying, I'm writing Gopala Gopalachampu based on the revelation I've presented in the Krishna-sandarva. So, the foundational knowledge of the Sundarbas allows us a foundation from which we can enter into uh, the mysteries of uh, all the Leelas of the Supreme. And I think that speaks volumes to the significance of a study of the Sundarbas according to our capacity. If it only involves hearing some classes, uh, at some point maybe we'd have enough time in older age to enter into an in-depth study. Uh, I entered into this study uh, I think five or seven years ago when Guru Maharaj said uh, you need to study the the Sundarvas, and you need to present uh, present that knowledge in classes. I want you to do that. Uh, It will be a great thing for the Sangha to do that. So I've taken it up as a duty uh, to enter into it. And uh, sure enough, in following that directive, uh, it's been, uh, it's really opened up and deepened my appreciation uh, of what is Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and how to present Gaudiya Vaishnavism in a in a much more universal way, uh, and not only to present it but to understand it, which is for us that's the significance of of any opportunity that we have to do some outreach uh, in our service. Um, it's it's meant to. F- foster a more deep, uh, deeper understanding uh, ourselves. So as the more we are willing to, to go out uh, uh, for the right reasons uh, in presenting uh, as, even as unqualified as we may be and, and, and as uneloquent uh, as we may be in, in, in speaking and presenting something, although everything may be working against us in doing it, uh, we will become more familiar with the subject and our spiritual knowledge will, will of course, be, uh, will become that much more uh, rich and nourishing. And uh, then when we hear the Leela uh, and enter into study of the various Leela, it just, it just becomes richer and richer. So I'll end here with just a quick inter, uh, overview. Uh, this summary of the Tatva Sindharva uh, comes at the end of the presentation by uh, Sachin Narayan Das Babaji, which is the uh, the presentation on the Sindharvas, which we've studied and, and uh, tried to uh, present uh, within uh, Sri Shaitanya Sangha to the best of our abilities. So, the first eight Anachetas as we've spoken, these are the Mangalacharna uh, verses uh, offering homage to the teachers and the worshipful deity. Uh, he expli- explains why he's presenting the book and defines its subject as well as the criteria, the criteria of eligibility for its readers. The next Adocetas, nine through eighteen, he discusses epistemology. This he does does in order to determine a valid means of knowing by which the core truths of Samyama Abide and Prajna can be can be definitely determined. Um, again, he, he takes some time in the beginning to show us that um, this is this is. If we're going to look to a comprehensive solution to all knowledge inquiry, and that's really what true spirituality should give us, then we do need to have a a, a knowledge base, which is beyond simply phenomenality. There has to be knowledge that is descending, and that knowledge is Vedic knowledge. And of all Vedic knowledge, then we we center on on this Srimad Bhagavatam, and he gave very elaborate uh, arguments as to why Srimad Bhagavatam is the best. First, he had to show us that the Vedas are the best because they are descending, there are a purusheya, and with our senses, the senses, they serve a purpose, but they can be defective. They make mistakes. Uh, we, we come to any form of inquiry with some predisposition as to how, uh, how, it, how the outcome should be based on the way we see the world or how the modes of material nature Influence our seeing and our experiencing and our judgments of the world around us. So, um, and we we make mistakes, we get it wrong. Uh, so sub so to Brahman, Brahman uh, We can go through all this. I think we've we've kind of covered in a in a pretty constant. Comprehensive manner. Uh, everything is there that's there. So let's look to this second section. Uh, concerns the self disclosure of the same truth from the supercognitive samadhi of Srila Vyas, the author. And this little summary here the main principles derived from these two sections. These two sections being the sections talking about the samadhis, the revelations of both the author and the speaker, Srinavya and Sukadev Goswami, respectively. The subject to be realized, Sambandhi Tattva, in Srimad Bhagavatam is Sri Krishna. The subjective reality, Sri Krishna is the original Supreme Person, Swayam Bhagavan. He is inherently self-endowed with variegated Potencies, which are divided into three main categories intrinsic, extrinsic, and intermediary. Maya, his extrinsic potency, functions under his direction but cannot control him. Five, the jivas, although integrated conscious parts of paramatma, are causelessly and beginninglessly bound by Maya. The jivas. Cannot transcend Maya by their own initiative. As much as we can try, and believe me, there are yogis out there that that give it one heck of an effort for lifetimes. They try to free themselves from Maya. And then there can be some problems, even for those great yogis. So we need we need help. All the help we can get, and the more good help we can find, the better off we'll be. Unconditional turning of awareness and devotional surrender to Bhagavan is the jiva's only means, abhideya, of ultimate attainment. Unconditional being the key word there. And the ultimate completion, prayojana, such devotional turning culminates in the uh, pervasion of praying, divine love of Krishna. So uh, we're going to stop there. If anyone has any questions, you can certainly uh, entertain those. So far away, (laughs) if you so desire
1: all um, Prabhu, this is, can you hear me okay?
2: I'm hearing you. Okay. Excuse me, Mahara, one second. Now I can hear you, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay, um, this is probably not a very important question, but it's the one that stumped me while you were talking um you said that liberation comes at the time of the annihilation of the material world so i thought liberation just included any time you could get liberated
2: but well if i said it in that way i misspoke uh, i think what i what i tried to convey there is the fact that we're talking about the 10 subjects of the of the uh of the Bhagavatam. so we talk about the wrapping up of the material Uh, Manifestation as one of the ten subjects and then one of those ten subjects is liberation moksha so uh, That's It's just one of the ten subjects of the Bhagavatam So your question is is liberation is not an automatic Is that kind of what you thought I said or
1: What did you say? My question was, it's not automatic?
2: No, liberation. Liberation is not an automatic part of the unfolding and manifestation of the material universe and then the infolding of the material universe back into, you know, Karna, Dakshai, Vishnu or Narayan. So he manifests the universe, but it is a possibility of... And presented in the Bhagavatam as one of the subjects.
0: So there's definitely an
2: annihilation, but you can also annihilate your material existence. And that's commonly referred to as liberation.
1: Okay. thank you.
2: All right. All right, well, thank you so much, everyone, for your association. I hope this uh, presentation has nourished you in some way. Thank you.
0: Re maamritam bhane bhi, bhi raadhi rajana priyavu, bhi karavu, nirmasanamu pujitavu, sri chaitanakripa